0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Industry Horror Coffin Cast. I'm your host, Nathan, and, well, we have a show that we'll be talking about the big game, regardless of the fact how lackluster the game was. And I have a guest, and he's a stand-up comedian, but if you're Ventura, he's a familiar voice, giving you sports updates on the radio, and even got to talk to him a couple of times in person, and he's a really awesome guy and I think is definitely the rightful person to talk about this game with me. He prefers not to mention how his 49ers could have gotten Tom Brady not once but twice. It's Tom, don't call me Brady, McClain. (laughs) Yes.
1: I think most 49er fans are in denial. Most of us would say we wouldn't want Brady to begin with, but, uh, you know. Man, what a what a wild year this was, right?
0: Oh, absolutely! It, it's great to have you on the Industry Horror Coffin Cast. Well,
1: thanks for having me on, Nathan. I, I, we've talked about uh, getting together
0: for a while now, so
1: I'm glad we finally did it.
0: And absolutely, what a better way than the big game? But all i have to say, I'm at the tolerance threshold with seeing Kansas City Chiefs and Tom Brady in a Super Bowl yet again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ready to move on to some new teams. Like maybe some uh, 49ers would be nice. I'd be good with that.
0: I mean, already uh, in the early for the early uh, football experts, they're saying Buffalo Bills and maybe even San Francisco 49ers if they keep healthy.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say. I I really think a lot of it hinges on uh, Jimmy Garoppolo because uh, G- Garoppolo has not been healthy in a really long time. Even when he came back and was playing, he still wasn't 100%. So the 49ers are at that point where they have to say, are we going to get a new guy? Are we going to draft somebody? Are we going to trade everybody in the locker room for you know Deshaun, Deshaun Watson? Or what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm... Well, just just hope that you don't get a Carson Wentz. I I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, I uh, you know the the Matthew Stafford thing. Well, that's kind of intriguing. Stafford's never won in the NFL. He's never won playoff games, as far as I know. And I and so when he went to the Rams, I was a little bit relieved because you don't want your team to be the one doing the experiments.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So with the let's talk about the build up at the game of this big game that people had everybody was expecting because especially since it was played in Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay has been well known for having even like top 5 classic games Super Bowl 43 between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Arizona Cardinals that was in Tampa Bay uh, Super Bowl 25 why right how does everybody no one forgets that especially people in Buffalo as well uh 2019 and then we get this game, and I was worried. And I even said, like beforehand, I am worried that this will end up becoming similar to Super Bowl 19. Remember, everybody was excited. Joe, Joe Montana, Dan Marino. And they're like, oh man, we're gonna have an all-time classic right here. Joe Montana right. and Dan Marino. That's where everybody was going. Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, the passing of the torch.
1: Yeah, exactly. I I think one of the things that came into play, I don't it didn't seem like Mahomes was was healthy. And it really felt like um, you know, uh Andy Reid's son kind of had some some troubles. It got arrested with the DUI like the you know two nights before the game and it seems like historically the teams that have those off the field distractions Mm -hmm. almost always uh, fail to perform to to their expectations and you know they they ended up you know granted he I think he's an outside linebackers coach they had to leave him at home but there had to be like some personal stuff with uh, with Andy Reid and his son having those problems and uh, that there was a little bit of disruption and Boy, the the Buccaneers just really went and gotten Mahomes' face early. And it just did, he didn't seem healthy to me. So I, d- I don't think he could handle him. It, that, it's a tall task to take on, you know, that, that Buccaneers defensive line if you are healthy, but to be not healthy doing it, it's just, it's an impossible one. <laughs>
0: I mean, abs- absolutely. Todd, Todd Bowles uh, did a great job of making almost it seem like as if somehow he had Bill Belichick on the sideline to be honest in a way with that with such a mm. defensive scheme against the Kansas City Chiefs offense. And also, it doesn't really help that your wide receivers just decided to be butterfingers, you know, and yeah. on, on the big stage when a year ago they were there. And, and there's
1: there's a thing too with the defense where the defense uh it, it, throughout the years defenses stop working harder for field goals if 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 your offense is, is only able to get down there far enough you know to get the three the defenses seem to almost like take a little bit of the pressure off it, it's almost it's almost like the defense doesn't buy in as much. Like, well, the offense isn't here, so we don't need to buy in as much either. It was just uh, – Kansas City was just kind of dull on both sides of the ball. It was kind really disappointing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What I what I nickname as the Legion of Room offense because, I mean, everybody mm-hmm. always has Legion of Doom, Legion of Boom from the CS. I'm like, they're more like the Legion of Room because they got the speed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Okay. It'll be, I'm, oh. it'll be
1: interesting to see, though, that, you know, I, I think Kansas City's got, um, you know, they're going to, for the most part, still be together. So I think it's a team that could be right back there in the big game. And, you know, I, I don't think there's very many people as as fun to watch in the NFL as Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, but it, the, the NFL could look completely different next season. With all these quarterbacks, you know you have Deshaun Watson wants out of Texas, out of uh, Houston. Um, Russell Wilson supposedly not happy with the pass protection he's getting in Seattle. You've got you know people shaming Aaron Rodgers, who's been what the the league MVP thirty five years in a row, but <laughs> somehow he has to fight for his job every year. But no, he, Aaron, you know it's it just seems like there there could be some movement and. And really, as much as we want to deny it, as football fans, who your field general is really does matter. Your quarterback absolutely matters.
0: I I totally agree. But there, but we also learned another lesson. Uh, throughout. But I'm gonna get to uh talking about you know of uh, what everybody like throughout like the beginning of the season and like what the storyline with uh, Tom Brady. I I have it written here, so. Uh-huh. The, the thing is, Tom Brady has stopped two dynasties from happening. The The St. Louis Rams are now the LA Rams and the Seattle Seahawks, and now maybe even third possibly with the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady is the GOAT. I'm not going to argue. He did get lucky on a couple of games with some calls here and there, and yeah, he had some controversy with, of course, the play gate. But when a single player has won more big games than any franchise in big game history, and not only that, but win the big game as an AFC and NFC quarterback, and be the first one to do that and second quarterback to win Super Bowls with multiple teams, you can make an argument, but I'm not. He has stated he is not just a GOAT, but the BOAT, best of all time. When everyone was focusing on NFC West being NFC best, it was the NFC South with their smash-mouth style football that was the key to represent for the NFC in the big game. Of course, you have to keep in mind the last time the NFC South team represented the big game was, of course, 28-3 to with the Falcons' collapse. Right, right. And... And to be honest, uh, before the season, I thought there was a pattern because the Seattle Seahawks got in the Super Bowl, the LA Rams got in the Super Bowl, even the San Francisco 49ers got in the Super Bowl. So I thought this year was going to be the Arizona Cardinals somehow. Right. It was and then they started a out,
1: as the Cardinals always do, they started off hot. They looked good early in the season. Kyler Murray looked really good, but the Cardinals did what they always do. They just kind of seemed to disappear by the end of the year.
0: Yeah, but the Buffalo Bills after that, ironically, ended up being on a hot streak. Even got to the AFC Championship game.
1: Oh, yeah, Buffalo is, what a fun team to watch. And, you know, you think about, I hate to say a deserving fan base because that's something that's kind of overplayed. But there's something about those, those, you know, men and women that will go out there in the cold. In their tank tops or you know shirtless or whatever, and watching these games in Buffalo in the free, you know, I, I mean to go to the Super Bowl four times in a row and just have that happen, you really kind of would like to see something good happen for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean Buffalo hasn't really had any uh, winning team. You <laughs> know, uh, I mean the the closer that they have got is probably uh with their buffalo college football team you know but otherwise uh there's not really much to say of it it's and you you know
1: you look at those (laughs) rosters of the buffalo bills teams and it's like every starter could have there's an argument to put them in the hall of fame those teams were so good and they just from top to bottom those were good teams and and uh You know, I I mean, it's show. I mean, for them, they dominated the AFC. The problem was the NFC was just where everything was at at the time.
0: Yeah, but they lost four straight Super Bowls. And, I mean, that's – I'm not sure what's worse, having a 25-point lead or losing four straight Super Bowls.
1: (laughs) I can tell you that – and for me personally, as a 49er fan, I've been, I been you know, I kind of got into football on my own when I was about six years old. So I've been a 49er fan for a very, very long time. Um, I would rather not be in the conversation at all than go to the Super Bowl and lose. That is very difficult. and, and because the first five times I experienced the Super Bowl, I experienced the 49ers winning because I, when I was young, I, I happened to get in at a really good time
0: and then boy, yeah. that feels- you guys had joe you you guys had joe montana and yeah. and jerry rice and I think of water Young
1: and oh yeah there was there was that that was the hall of legends ronnie lott charles haley you, you just go down the list
0: yeah let's just so i to- actually go have a question so do, do you remember what your first super bowl uh watching experience was do you remember which one
1: you know i think that the first one that i remember watching was uh was probably super bowl 16 i don't wow i was only six or seven years old uh so i wasn't attentive to it but uh but by the time super bowl 19 came around i was a little more i was paying attention i was in like uh a youth football camp, and uh, one of the defensive backs from the 49ers, Eric Wright, was a volunteer. And so, oh, cool! Uh, and he actually, he, I believe, in Super Bowl nineteen, he got an interception, and he, I think, he stripped. Uh, no, 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 that was that was Super Bowl sixteen when he stripped Chris Collinsworth. But yeah, he. Uh, so the so it's kind of a kind of a cool thing, you know. So so I I so I remember that one because I remember just seeing the defense and the way that they just took Dan Marino apart, and I remember the. Randy Cross yelling at the camera saying, you know, we came to see an offense and the wrong one showed up, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, my first Super Bowl experience was what a lot of the NFL claimed to be around at least the second worst Super Bowl. Oh, really? Super Bowl 35 between the Baltimore Ravens and the New York Giants. Oh, yeah. What could have been? It was Ravens and the Vikings. Oh my gosh! <laughs>
1: it's really we, it's hard to get excited about certain teams, and uh, and that makes for for a long Super Bowl day. At least this year, it was intriguing. You know, the Tom Brady, love him or hate him, you had to be you had to be in awe of what he did. Even if he went out there and and threw you know four pick sixes and got yanked from the game for him to make it to the top of the mountain with an NFC team like you like you said there's just you can't make an argument over how amazing of a feat that is like that's not he has more super bowl rings on than any franchise has it's so crazy it's just so crazy to think like that it's unbelievable
0: Absolutely. I I definitely agree. That's why I said there's not much to argue left. It's just people will go, well, he hasn't won multiple Super Bowls with multiple teams. Do not tempt him. I'm telling you, he's going to stick with Tampa Bay and just do that. I'm... I'm, I wouldn't put it past him. He's just waiting for someone to say it. He's waiting for someone to say it. I am not going to say it, but someone, someone out there, out there in this universe, someone is going to say that. But he hasn't won with multiple Super Bowls with multiple teams. Wait. It'll go like, "Oh yeah." He basically now I got my. Said
1: that he's not even considering retirement. I mean, he he uh, at the at the parade where he got liquored up and threw the trophy. He, uh, he somebody had asked him about it, and he's like, he's like, oh, we're really, we really to do it again. We're running it back, you know. <laughs> like, there's no way we're
0: we're, we're, we're running it back when they did when they say they were going to run it back. We're going to run it back, and we mean it. Yeah. We're going to run it back. Like, I wouldn't put it past him. It's just he just needs a little bit of someone to be pessimistic about. He's like, all right, I got my motivation. Like, he already has enough motivation. Don't give him any more. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah present don't he needs no new challenges we, we don't need to present him with one because he'll go through and uh, and he'll do it
0: he'll go like this person said it. i just came across this podcast and I was thinking about you know going to a different team but thanks to this guy that said oh he has won multiple super Bowls multiple teams <laughs> I'm gonna prove that person wrong <laughs> oh, what?
1: I uh- I doubt there's many people that could even question whether or not he's capable because I think just the fact that he did what he did this year, the the eyebrows raised when the rumor was Tampa Bay, I remember just thinking, okay, that's wrong. There's no way it's Tampa Bay. Yeah, Bruce Arian. Bruce well, Arian, you got to
0: think about the defense, too. He, he was probably looking at defense as okay. well. You got you to gotta think of, okay, uh, the defense is there, so I could go there. And you know, I just got to build up an offense. It was,
1: yeah, it was really the only place that kind of had that offensive line that was good enough that he knew that he could be protected, and that the and the defense and the, and the other stuff. You know, there's weapons, there's Mike Evans, and obviously, apparently Gronk, apparently Brady has so much power that he can just yank people out of retirement to play. So I don't know, it's it's insane.
0: Barry Sanders, you want that Super Bowl? Come on yeah. down.
1: <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> you can either play with us well, it's
0: or go with Stafford. Yeah. You know. <laughs> how about that, yeah. <laughs> Matt Stafford? Want to be my backup? That way you could get a Super Bowl win at least. Like, okay. How,
1: how weird is it that Calvin Johnson's already in the Hall of Fame? It seems like that that time happens. So, it does not seem like he's been gone five years. Unbelievable.
0: Yeah, it's crazy, and also Peyton Manning. I mean, there was no question he was going to get the hall. You know, be inducted into the Hall of Fame. It was like matter of time. It's one of those okay, when yeah. is it going to happen? Oh yeah, yeah, that was
1: a that was an easy one. And you remember how bad he played in his last Super Bowl? Like the Broncos won, but he yeah. Was so yeah. Happy.
0: the Damn. only good two, two point conversion, he got a two point conversion pass, and it's like. I think Payman wants to forget that game, but, you you know, that's a swan song, you know. He's the sheriff heading to the sunset. It's almost as if it was written by a script.
1: You know, and that's what I expected, kind of expected from Brady. Brady showed up. He made passes. He's, I mean, he, he really looked like a young Tom Brady. He didn't, it wasn't like, um... It wasn't like he was a serviceable, you know, manager quarterback. He was out there actually making the throws that needed to be throw, needed to be made. And a lot of times, it's harder for guys as they get older to make those throws. So that was pretty amazing.
0: Yes, absolutely. But I still kind of come back and remembering my my first viewing experience of the Super Bowl: red, blue balloons, purple and black balloons. Lots of chips and Coca-Cola. And actually, I made a bet with my dad. Uh, He bet the Giants would win, and I bet the Ravens would win. And the loser had to clean the fish tank.
1: (laughs) That's something important to bet on. I like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And also, there are some things that, you know, you look back on in life and you think... Why the heck did I say yeah. that? I remember uh, Super Bowl 36. I was like, good for Tom Brady. I hope he wins a lot more. I hope he ends up having a wonderful career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Careful what you wish for. Yeah. Man, seven.
0: He definitely does have a wonderful career. He even has uh, Giselle Buchin as his wife.
1: Yeah, that's true. I, I remember when Charles Haley – there's the famous pictures of Charles Haley with all five of his rings. And as one player that got five rings between two teams, I thought that that was something that would never be beaten. I was like, there's nobody else, especially in the free agency days and all that stuff, the direction – nobody will ever have five rings on their hand again. I thought that was the end of that. And here comes Tom Brady. He's like, I want to fill up both hands before I retire.
0: <laughs> yeah, now they gotta find a way to design a phone yeah, ring. That's it. <laughs> so it's ironic that the one year that the first team to play in their own stadium for the big game would have an attendance of only twenty seven thousand people. It was more of a home field disadvantage for the Buc- for the Buccaneers, especially with their defense. Certainly they certainly before the Super Bowl they what they didn't show remnants of the 2002 Buccaneers defense with Warren Sapp, Simeon Rice, Dwight Smith, Dexter Jackson, Derrick Brooks and of course your team GM John Lynch and also now pro football yeah. Famer but it seemed they summoned the spirit of the Buccaneers 2002 defense into this present buccaneers defense especially during this game
1: it sure seemed like it yeah dexter jackson was the the super bowl mvp just out of nowhere and uh and and that seemed to be the way that the the uh defense did it this time it was it was kind of like the guys that maybe not everybody heard of i mean levante david everybody knows that he's a beast but there really was there was a, a lot of guys that were just simply doing their jobs and when Everybody does their job. It's really hard for that offense to move.
0: Absolutely. So here's, uh, here's an upcoming question. Uh, because the Buccaneers and their two Super Bowls, they always find a way to have an unfair advantage. What's a more unfair advantage to you? Having a coach face his old team and that team is still using this plays, but able to read the plays well since they developed them or playing the big game in your own stadium?
1: The bigger disadvantage? Ooh, yeah man that's a that's a tough one. I think honestly I would think that particularly this year playing the home game at home would be a disadvantage it, it, I'm around a lot of um, MMA fighters and boxers and stuff like that and the amount of extra um, the amount of extra like uh, pressure you feel from people because you're home you know people assume you have tickets they assume you have, time on your hands they assume you want to go out for dinner they assume you you know that it it's just not like that it's still a work week whether you whether you're home or you're somewhere else and i think a lot of times um especially for athletes who need to be able to to kind of laser in and focus in on stuff i think it's hard to be home and have all those distractions and like you said it's weird it's it's not the stadium's filled to you know, a 10th of the capacity. It's not filled with Buccaneers fans. It's filled with, you know, uh, people that, that are heroes from around the country that, you know, it, it wasn't, it even wasn't even really mostly Buccaneers fans there at the Buccaneers stadium. So it was very, it was kind of a bizarre scene. So I, I would, in my opinion, that was kind of a disadvantage. And I thought, I thought that that was going to play uh, to the Chiefs, play very well to the Chiefs. Not to mention the emotion of if the Chiefs were able to get a little bit of a lead on them, there is a kind of a panic when that sets in when you're behind and you're at home. And then you have, if you are you realize you're on that stage in that moment, I just can only imagine that that's got to be a really a difficult thing, you know?
0: Absolutely, I I definitely agree with you with a uh, big game in your own stadium. I didn't really think uh, through exactly all that, but that's a good point uh, having the distraction, the big game, and and remind and to remind people that uh, that are listening in and they think oh they just this is regular uh, playing at your own stadium. No, they have a designated host neutral field. It just. So what happened this year the Buccaneers got in and at the same time Tampa Bay was host. Uh, just for <coughs> our listeners out there that are the trying to understand. Really,
1: you know the closest thing we really this. experienced to that was uh the Super Bowl when the 49ers won at uh at Stanford. They they played they played the Super Bowl at Stanford. What I think it was a uh, Super Bowl was it Super Bowl nineteen? So, was it the Merino game?
0: <laughs> maybe, um, look, maybe I so.
1: Right here. <laughs> I've, I've been awake for many hours right now. Let's see. This one was. I'm actually looking at Super Bowl tickets. You would think they would say the location on them.
0: <laughs>
1: okay, so Super Bowl 16 was at the Silver Dome, so it must have been 19. I'm pretty sure it was 19. Okay. Yes, yeah, so it, it was played at, at Stanford Stadium. It's so bizarre that they don't have the name of the venue on the on the ticket. It might be on the back, but I don't see it. But yeah, they played so they <laughs> played, uh, they so they kind of played a home game, but it was at at Stanford at the university, not at uh not actually at the uh, you know, at Candlestick Park, cuz Candlestick Park was already a dump even when the 49ers moved into it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, since there wasn't really a lot of advertising, well, there was a lot more advertising than, that, than I thought there was going to be, but most of the, advertise, the major advertisers put more money into research and distribution for COVID, which I have total uh, admiration and respect for that, to be honest. I think it would have been a perfect opportunity to advertise through their audibles, especially Patrick Mahomes saying, State Farm, double rates. Good neighbor! State (laughs) Farm is there! Frank! Or something of that nature. So when it comes to this question, what would you want advertised in a football football, audible?
1: Well, I thought that the best that I've ever seen was obviously the Peyton Manning and his Omaha steaks, because the...
0: (laughs) Oh, that's (laughs) what he says, Omaha! I was wondering about that!
1: Uh... I what would be a good what would be a great product to to uh, um, I think maybe you'd have to go the direction of PSA and scream things like uh, stay in school and just say no I like like I think that the the quarterback should be yelling those kind of things in there maybe maybe make the uh, you know maybe use the the public broadcasting budget on that. <laughs>
0: Let all people stim! End the stigma! Hike! Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> end the suffering in Minnesota. Clean the water, I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For me, I know I'm showing my bias here, but I would think it would be so cool if I found a way to convince someone to say industry oh, or yeah, inaudible.
1: They would. It would be. It would be interesting to see uh, Chris Collinsworth react, though. And, and what, <laughs> what? What is he always turns everything into him and really personal.
0: Yeah. It's, exactly. Yeah. He was a decent wide receiver. I'll, I'll admit that. I watched some of his old footage, and I'm like, okay, he was a decent receiver. I can so, see why he, they got him. He was you so know, he's the like 49 okay.
1: though, because the 49ers took both opportunities he had at the Super Bowl. So he. He's always – and he's, he admits it, though. He actually says it sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they almost nearly made what would have been what, one of the greatest comebacks in uh, big game history. It, can you imagine in a bizarre world, people would be saying instead of 28 to free, people would be saying 20, not 20-0, 20-0, 20-0.
1: Oof, man. I can only imagine. So, who who do we have next? I year? mean, next,
0: 20-0 would be 28-3 because you were shutting down oh, yeah, and then you yeah. blew it.
1: Man, it, I, it's, it's, it's weird the way it'll go now, though. You, you know, sometimes you'll think, you know, okay, they're going to mount a comeback any minute now. And then it just, they just fall flat.
0: They just disappear. Yeah. Which comes to, uh, what were your thoughts on the game?
1: I, I just was disappointed that, that Kansas City didn't seem to, to be all there. And, and I think that, like I said, I think a lot of that was psychological. The stuff with uh, Andy Reid's son and linebacker's coach, I think that that served as a distraction. You know, he, he it happened the night before. Because of COVID, they, don't, they didn't fly in a week before like a lot of times you would for a Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, they flew the day of, like,
1: the day of, yeah. You know, they're not, the coach didn't end up flying with them, or the, you know, that Andy Reid's kid didn't end up flying with them, one of the coaches. And I just don't know, like, I don't know if that made things weird. I don't know if that had, you know, because you're not just dealing with a coach, which already would be a big enough distraction. He's also the coach's kid and the coach's you know, kids kind of have a history of that kind of stuff. And it's just really, really unfortunate and the absolute worst timing. It was, you know, reminiscent of the, uh, you know, Stanley Wilson and his, he, you know, his thing the night before the Super Bowl. Uh, Barrett Robbins was a, 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 a lineman for the, the Raiders who freaked out and ran out of town the night before the Super Bowl and you, and you have like the, it just seems like and that and that's that type of Super Bowl we we're talking about um and that it seems like the, yeah. the the teams that have that thing always seem to come up short in the game and it, when that happened and I was just like no no not Kansas City no <laughs> you know
0: I mean, my thoughts on the game, because I sometimes what I do, I watch the game over a second time to see, what like, is it yeah. as bad as I remembered it? Or I like, see how long I can watch it. The thing is, what everybody will forget about is the first quarter right. was actually decent. It actually looked as a decent game, especially with the goal line stand as well. It was 7-3, and the yeah, Kansas City Chiefs yeah. found a way to have a goal line stand. And it was, like it was actually going to meet expectations for the game. A lot of people will not mention that. Even the football experts will not mention right. that. And but the, I am there going. Was
1: to actually, a lot of hope and uh, the broadcasters were saying, "Oh, there's never been a 99-yard touchdown drive in the Super Bowl." And I think the reason they mentioned that is because everybody believes that Patrick Mahomes is the guy that could do that. <laughs> you know, and and then uh, then they ended up kind of falling flat, and it's unfortunate. And you. You know, you don't know. You never really know, like, what what all happened. You never know, you know, what's affecting them. I just the, – the overall, the game was, you know, a little disappointing. But those – you know, those some of those passes that Brady made were so spot on that I, I just – I really – because I didn't watch a lot of Buccaneers games this year because I typically will watch Red Zone Channel and 49ers. And then I don't spend a lot of time on the Red Zone Channel. I just watch it kind of casually. I didn't. His he looks like his accuracy has gotten better since since last season.
0: <coughs> yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. That's, so, my thoughts with the game, besides, of course, the Corvette gunswinger matchup that everybody fought could have been, and my worries of it being, oh, this might end up being similar to Super Bowl 19. It kind of did, and then it kind of didn't, in a way. It ended up being kind of worse than actually Super Bowl 19, which I was hoping it wouldn't be. But the expectations of at least having points scored was met. I was focusing on advice, because I actually went to a scholastic uh, play-by-play sports broadcasting camp when when I was little, and I got advice from Sal Palantonio, he says, root for the story. This game had a lot of great storylines. It's enough spinning yarn to make a quote. I don't think anyone expected this outcome uh, to this game. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 31, Kansas City Chiefs 9, which leads me to an interesting fact to keep in mind. This is the second straight year that the Super Bowl winning team scored exactly 31 points super bowl 54 chiefs 31 49ers 20 and super bowl 55 buccaneers 31 and kansas city chiefs nine the team from the show me state majority of the team felt they didn't felt even like show it. up so oh, when turns- I it, that's how it felt oh it really go felt ahead like
1: there was uh, something missing it felt like they were having trouble getting up for the game which which i found bizarre
0: Which comes to uh, my question, what is it that we learned from this game? You can give uh, one serious answer and one uh, answer in a joking matter, or you can give two serious (laughs) answers and two joking
1: answers. The takeaways from this game is definitely that Tom Brady is going to outlive us all. And he apparently, whatever that is, that TV method, TV 12, whatever it is, I I don't think you can question that. I don't know. I don't have $500 to buy it. So I don't know what it is. I'm just going to trust it. But, uh, I really, I think that the NFL is so, it's so fluid. It's moving so fast. You see a team like Kansas city and you think they're unbeatable. And then somebody comes up with a plan and they, they're able to execute it and, you just never know, and and you've got to take advantage of that window while it's there. Kansas City got their Super Bowl win, and people, you know, they the announcers even made comments about you know Kansas City will be back, they'll be back. There's no guarantee of that. That window's not always there. That as you have a successful team, you've got more guys that think that they need more money, and that means they go elsewhere because the team's not going to pay these. They can't pay everybody champion salaries, so everybody ends up kind of moving on so I, I really think that uh just the, the the shelf life of that fire that championship fire you, you just have to do it you have to grab it while you can you know last year the 49ers were so good and they got to the Super Bowl and they really kind of played bad they didn't play very good and you're like well, we've got all those great things going for him. You've got the best tight end in the league. You've got the best defensive end in the league. You've got a good quarterback. You got, But then this season we have a couple of little injuries and you start realizing that this team is as vulnerable as any other team. And not only that, these guys that we thought stood, you know, these guys that we thought were so much better than everybody else, like Nick Bosa, they're now being, mentioned in trade talks because we have to get better now and those guys was great what they did for us but they have value and we need to move forward and it's just very it's very bizarre so I think that my takeaway was that you just you can't be surprised by anything with this football league you just can't
0: yeah especially the possibility that of having T.J. Watt and J.J. Oh, Watt man. on the same team, yeah, that's United a scary thought. Yeah. The
1: NFL offseason, to me, is pretty much as exciting, if not more exciting, than the regular season. Because you get it, the regular season, there's some unpredictable things that'll happen, but most things are predictable, and even the unpredictable things are, you know, a little predictable. Like You're like, oh, okay, yeah, you're going to have a guy – who you've never heard of that's gonna run for 300 yards and you know you're gonna you kind of expect something like that to happen and then you get but you get to the off season, the tom brady thing going to the buccaneers like that was like i there's never i don't remember anything ever like that and and it completely shifted the power dynamics in, in pro football and it's It just goes to show. You don't know. And and that window is so small. Everybody thinks just because you're there, you're in it. You, you got to the, you got to the AFC championship. You got to the NFC championship. If you didn't win the ring, it's, you're not going to go down in history as that, as the team that you think you are. And it's, that's unfortunate.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely. I, I totally agree with all that, that you have said and in great detail. Uh, but I'm going to say my yeah. answer, even though that's a tough act to follow uh, with your answer. So what I've learned from this game is it's amazing on what one offensive tackle makes a difference because of Eric Fisher. I wasn't in the game due to an ACL. And then of course yeah, Mitchell Schwartz was out as well. Uh, they had replacements and they had to move around their offensive line, which in some positions they weren't used to being in that position where it's left or right. And spots that make a huge difference. And I think a lot of people in the offseason will probably have a lot more respect and actually try to get some more mm-hmm. offensive linemen because after that.
1: Yeah, you have to have that next person to be able to be ready to step up. Uh, uh, that's, uh, that was unfortunate for them to have that line collapse in the AFC Championship and start having those uh, injury issues and timing's everything.
0: Yeah, and also like, one of their uh, offensive linemen, uh, he decided you know, to protect people from COVID instead of <laughs> I'm not trying to make this as a joke, but I'm just being honest. Uh in- instead of protecting his quarterback, he sees it was more important to protect right, right, people right. from COVID, which is totally understandable. Uh, because he's a cause he's in the med- cause he has uh, in the medical
1: yeah
0: in the medical field he could do that. Which I I have total respect. I have total respect. I just wanted to kind of go. like, Oh, that's kind of funny in the in the way like he'd prefer to protect people from COVID. It's like funny and heartwarming. He'd prefer to protect people from COVID than uh, protect, uh, exactly. you that's know, protect great. his quarterback. You know, kind of things like.
1: I always think it's great when uh, I always think it's great when uh, yeah. when someone will leave a, a a job of glory or set it aside. To do something of real value and importance, I think um, unfortunately that we don't get to see those stories as often as they actually happen, and uh,
0: pretty cool. That is very true. That's very true. I, I totally agree with you on that. And also, oh, yeah. here's my two joke joke answers now. Also, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if sports books will have Vitaly <laughs> Uncensored Streaker as a prop bet. I wouldn't put it past it if they will be doing this during an eSports event. Kevin Harlan <laughs> commenting on this moment is <laughs> priceless. Look, I don't condone the behavior of Antonio Brown at all. I don't agree with what he done in his past i don't agree with with his behavior with uh his behavior in the locker room however it is amazing that a year or two ago we saw this guy tossing phallic shaped gummies to grabbing a td toss from tom brady it's in true. the super
1: bowl and then one in a boat wasn't he the one that caught the trophy in the boat <laughs>
0: No, I think that might have been either Gronkowski or Brady. So my next question: uh, Did you agree with who yeah, got the Super I mean, Bowl MVP I, I trophy? Really, I
1: thought it was going to either go to Brady or Gronk. Gronk made all those great, those great catches and looked like he was young again. And I just, I was like, this is the guy that retired and was hosting reality TV shows, and all of a sudden now he's back out there and he's playing like, you know, he made some great catches, but, you know, those catches couldn't be made if the pass wasn't great, so it's kind of hard to argue against the against the quarterback being the MVP unless there was, you know, some outstanding performance on defense or something, you know?
0: I, I mean, I can understand, you know, I, I can... I mean, he has, like, before this, he had four Super Bowl MVPs already. He now has five. He doesn't need another one. They, I I think they should have either give yeah. it to Gronk, he made a lot of key plays, scored two touchdowns, or better yet, just give it to the whole Buccaneers defense. I understand the Kansas City Chiefs had uh, the O-line problem, but still, that is really hard. Even if they do have a decent O-line and being able to, to do that, that is just – how hard it is to hold down that Kansas City offense with no touchdowns. Really difficult. I mean, Winfield, Gene, Pierre, Paul, Shaq Barrett, and then picking off the ball twice and not allowing a touchdown pass or any touchdown at all is astounding. But definitely what definitely harmed the Chiefs was a lot of penalties yeah, killed the chances for and the that Chiefs. A lot of
1: times it comes with the territory of all those personnel changes because it gets a little more uh, confusing when you're lining up in a different spot.
0: I mean, to be honest, it, it's crazy. This Buccaneers team wasn't together that long, plus in the middle of a pandemic, and they faced against Heineke, Breeze, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes, and still win it all. And against a so against odds at their own stadium. I have admiration and respect for what they accomplished. Tom Brady finally got over his greatest challenge the first quarter of the Super Bowl. He finally got a touchdown pass in the first quarter of the big game. No argument of GOAT. The only discussion is with or without asterisk. (laughs) Patrick Mahomes played his heart out and was classy with handling with questions after the game. So it comes to my question, did you have any uh, favorite or memorable ads you know what's funny uh, from the big game? I'm not
1: a big uh, I'm not a big Super Bowl commercial guy. Uh, when people I, I I think it started when I was younger and I realized that when I would go to Super Bowl parties, the people around me cared more about the soup, the commercials than the football, and that started kind of making me to where I just didn't care, and I, I almost like don't pay attention to them. Um, I'm trying to remember if there were any that I found. <laughs> there was none that really stood out that I really really liked. I, I really wish they would uh, bring back some more of the. I do like the the progressive commercials. Where they say uh, that they're trying to keep you from turning into your parents when you buy a house. I do like those. Like those make me laugh every time. But I, I, um, Super Bowl wise, I just, <laughs> I, I didn't, uh, I didn't lock in during commercials too much. I usually don't lock in during halftime show either.
0: Yeah, well, the memorable ad to me was. Uh... There were two ads, only two ads, and then one was memorable, but was memorable for all the wrong reasons. It was very bizarre, but uh, the one is uh, they had a Rocket Mortgage ad, and they had Tracy Morgan, okay, and they were showing crazy, uh, the difference one. of pretty sure and certain, <laughs> and of, and of course the the T-Mobile ad with a clever way of telling. I don't think they actually showed it. At the Super Bowl, but I thought this was a great ad. Uh, they, they had a T Mobile ad with a clever way of telling oh, yeah. how Tom Brady went to Florida and got Gronk out of retirement. <laughs> it, that was a bad connection with That's the so cell funny. phone. <laughs> so, did you do uh, any uh, Super Bowl 55 prop bets? Mine was just for fun, uh part of a pool but no money on the we line. It was just few, fun to see uh, what
1: that's I... with my brother. He did like the 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 coin flip, you know that kind of stuff. Um when I go to a lot of times I, I I'll headline in um in gambling towns. So, uh I've I've headlined Reno a few times uh during Super Bowl weekend. And one of the most fun things is to go out there. You take 100 bucks, you just split it up into a bunch of little small prop bets and you spend the day and, Oh man, I, like you almost always end up with your money back and maybe a little bit more, but you just make all these ridiculous bets. Like, uh, you know, you know, the safety being the first, uh, a safety being the first score of the game and things like that. And it was, it, uh, so I, I do like doing that, but yeah, we, we did it with my brother, but I, I don't remember us getting too, uh, Goofy with the prop bets like we didn't bet On how long the national anthem would last Or anything like that
0: Oh I I think I did do like every Possible prop bet uh, (laughs) uh, With my brother And I mean it's a It's a lot of fun you know to see how many You get right and how many you get wrong It turns out I got about 16 right and I was actually tied, but the tiebreaker was how many points were scored. And I was expecting a classic, yeah. even thought this, this could even go to overtime uh, you know, beforehand because, well, the AFC Championship right, game right. when these two guys faced each other went into overtime. And I was kind of like, okay, put two-two together, all right. Last year around 31 mm-hmm. points was scored by the Wayne team. Okay, I think there will be 33 this year. And, but, eh, uh, nope. Nope, nope. But what's even crazier is that Florida is the sports state. Miami Heat were, NBA, were in the NBA Finals last year. And even bizarrely, you could even say Tampa Bay is sports oh, yeah. City. Or is everyone now calling them, Champa Bay. Which, whoever came we up were, with that, uh, give them a raise. Totally I mean, Florida seriously, that is...
1: Lightning uh, is- won the uh, the Stanley Cup. It was such a great run, and uh, we were, we we really enjoyed watching watching that hockey was uh was was really fun during the playoffs. And they did that round robin and all that. So we pretty much watched just about every game. And me and my son are kind of new hockey fans. And then uh, you know we we liked Tampa because they had a guy named Shattenkirk, which is a fun name to say. And now Shattenkirk is on the uh, Anaheim Ducks so Shattenkirk moved closer to us. (laughs) So now we need to say his name
0: even more. Yeah, and, yeah, Tampa Bay is a sports city or possibly even title town for the sports world. Tampa Bay Lightning won Stanley Cup, Tampa Bay Rays went to the World Series, and now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl champs for the second time in their franchise history. You know... A lot of people, when they saw Tampa Bay 21 and Kansas City 6 going into halftime, you know that everyone was hoping, especially Falcons fans, that they would blow the game and Kansas City would make the second greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. And Falcons fans could bring the argument, well, at least we didn't lose it in our own stadium. (laughs) 28 free with that. Instead, we got a t- tutorial. What do you do when you have a huge lead? Run yeah, the ball, bleed the clock much, out, the, and make sure to have Tom Brady as your quarterback. To be made. So, let's say that some reason, anyways, like, you know what? I've had enough. I, I've had en- enough. I, I mean, I can't. This especially with the facts with my son. Here you go, Tom. You take the realm. What what plays would you call oh, for, for the, the offense <laughs> for if the Kansas Andy Chiefs? And the game
1: gave up. I, I, I don't. I think that I would just pretty much. Oh man, that's tough. I, just once you saw the, the you know they say that when the quarterback gets ghosts in his eyes. Uh, once I saw Patrick Mahomes with that look in his face, I don't know that there's any play. That's going to change anything other than maybe fake punt on first down. Like maybe if you fake punt first down, kick a field goal on second down, like you really have to get bizarre to catch them off guard. Cause, cause whatever Kansas city brought Tampa was just ready for it.
0: I mean, mostly I would have just, uh, you know, since the wide receivers were having such a lousy game, maybe just run the ball and even do like some jet, jet sweeps here and there, you know, you, you know, use Tyree kill uh, speed the pine
1: tar for the receivers hands. Yeah, they did. They had quite a few that bounced right off of the uh, right, right off the numbers. And it, there were some of the passes were a little bit off too. There was a couple of them that were, a little bit uh, wonky, but it was, uh, it just seemed to be, they just couldn't seem to get anything to go right. And so, and football's like that. Sometimes you have those days. Sometimes it's uh, back in the, when, when Joe Montana was so great, which is always where I'm going to go to, because that's where my wealth of knowledge is. Uh, we would have these games against the, the, the Arizona Cardinals who, which, we're always a stink team. They've pretty much always been a stink team other than a few years with Kurt Warner stink team. And Neil Lomax and Roy green would go out and show up Jerry Rice and Joe Montana and beat them on Monday night football. And you would go, how does this happen? It's because it's football. It just happens. You know? (laughs)
0: Yeah, Absolutely. So, sometimes, like, after after a game, uh, I play on Madden and, you know, and I'm able nice. to put it exactly the score in the situation, the scenario. Uh, first time around, I ended up losing 28-18. to 18. I just kept on handing the ball off to my running back and did a pass here and there. I ended up losing 28 to 18. Second time around, I ended up making uh, the comeback, making it 26-21, and it was uh, – I fought, I fought for a second in overtime right, and I right, realized right. that doesn't make any sense. You know, that would be the score in overtime. Uh, but I I really enjoy doing uh, those kind of scenarios. But also, I want to give a shout out uh, for uh, congrats for some historical moments for Sarah Thomas becoming the first female referee at the Super Bowl. Uh, she was the down judge and she did a great job. Also, congrats to Bucks assistant strength and conditioning corner, uh, Morale Javada Farr, and Bucks assistant defensive line coach, Lori Locust, of becoming the right, first female right. coaches to win the Super Bowl, at least being part of the coaching staff. You know, that, it's great to see stuff like that. And also with the national anthem with the American Sign Language performer. He's having the time of his life. I think right. that's a great example that a lot of us should have with life right now. Uh, a lot of props to him. A lot of props to Warren Wawa Knight, S- who just so happened to be a deaf black guy. It's, mm-hmm. it's great to see he's not going to have his disability get in the way of fun in life. So I have one more discussion uh, before we move on to you talking about, so what do, you, what do you think with the 49ers and what I think with the Indianapolis Colts? Uh, This topic, I'm kind of surprised it hasn't been talked about on other sports shows, but we're going to talk about it. So the Kansas City Chiefs were down 21-6 at halftime at the start of the second half. If you're Andy Reid, would you pull a Nick Saban? Which what he did was he had Jalen Hurts and he put in Tua Tagliavoa in the, I do believe it was the 2015, uh, 2018, excuse me, uh, college football playoff championship game when it was Alabama versus Georgia. And you hope that somehow the magic of the University of Michigan alumni <laughs> facing against a Michigan alumni quarterback would cancel out. Would you? Or would you not? I wouldn't, wouldn't Chad put Chad Henney
1: in to start the to second start half, the second half. The preseason game. I that I, I think when you have Patrick Mahomes you just have to put him in and you just have you just have to roll with him. I I I really truly believed up until about the second part probably about 8 minutes into the the second half I really thought that the Chiefs were going to make it uh, turn it around but but then it cuz they that's kind of been their thing is to start off slow and then and then get into it. And it just never happened. They just never picked it up. But uh, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't think that I would. Uh, I don't think that I would do that. As much as I, I, love Harbaugh. As much as I love Michigan, I don't, I don't think I could go with the uh, the Chad Henney versus Brady matchup.
0: <laughs> um. I'm going to answer it in a different way for him to start out the second half. No, but it seems that the game is going downhill, you know, put him in for like maybe a drive or two. So that way he gets the experience uh, at least
1: chance to shake his head and say, I got to get it together.
0: Yeah. You never know. I mean, So, so let's talk about your 49ers. Your 49ers got hit with the injuries, but you could possibly get Deshaun Watson, Kirk Cousins, or a bizarre turn of events. Right, right. Maybe even possibly Aaron Rodgers. I, I or even more be bizarre, maybe that. even Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell
1: Wilson would be the greatest scenario. I would love to have Russell Wilson, um, but, yeah. Oof. Well, you think i put him easy. in there as out part of, of the, conversation. Of I know you would want Russell Wilson. In, in many, many years, I, I don't think that I've ever had quarterback envy the way I have with uh, Russell Wilson. He just – he gets it. He's smart. He does it all. He doesn't do too much. And he's team first. And I just – uh, yeah, he's the best. He really is. I, I really – I would rather have Russell Wilson than Brady Mahomes. I, I would rather have him than anybody else. Yeah, I, I can't imagine anybody else I'd rather have than Russell Wilson.
0: Really? Well, I mean, the NFC West isn't going to be easy. The Seahawks will find a way to remain competitive. The Arizona Cardinals are on the rise. The LA Rams rolling the dice on Matt Stafford. And they also have that Rams defense. Which comes to my uh, next question. Which do you find more annoying design-wise? This year's Super Bowl logo just, or the, 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 the Rams, new L.A. Rams logo?
1: That the Rams will uh, design a stadium that basically looks like their logo and then change their logo immediately afterwards. It's the weirdest thing. The Rams, is they do so many things backwards to me. Like They're always the last team to realize they don't have a quarterback. So... I would have to go. I would have to go with the Rams. Uh, the Ram- I don't remember the. I don't remember the Super Bowl logo being particularly off-putting, but I. That's not really something I pay attention to.
0: Well, they have oh, the Lombardi true. Trophy in the middle, and it looks like a Roman numeral I. So that's it right. was very confusing because some people actually right. thought right. it was Super yeah, Bowl yeah, Fifty Four when it was actually too, Super actually, Bowl Fifty Five. Like we
1: were in Fifty Four. That's right. We had that discussion here at the house. I forgot all about that. So I guess I did pay attention to it. Look at me paying attention to stuff. <laughs> yeah. So it's I amazing when go, someone. I de- I yeah, I was like, I'm "Oh my gosh, I do remember swing, having that, that discussion." Not like me, but I, I'm gonna go ahead and swing the the total different direction. The fact that the Super Bowl logo looked like it said fifty four. When it was in fact fifty five was was pretty ridiculous, and I remember that being something that that uh, there was a lot of discussion around the house about that.
0: I mean, it's a ro- it, the, you have the Roman numeral L. Just put the Lombardi <laughs> Trophy as part of the L. I mean, it's. I mean, I guess that's the designer side of me. I'm like, I, 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 uh, uh. I think the Rams logo drove me crazy because I remember, and if you even see on my Instagram profile, I even made what, uh, I even put in what I would have made uh, out of the Rams logo. I think I went through like twelve different right. designs. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is how you're supposed to do it. Because design wise, they could have done one way or another, but they mixed it up. And it just doesn't look great to me if you have the Rams exactly. horn party A, then make the L be part of the Rams horn as well. <laughs> I mean, you you have the sharp edge and then you could have it be party L. You could make a capitalized L and uh, to me. As well, or you could have had the same font style like, LA on top to and then the Rams horn, at, bit Ram, bit Rams, there, horn the Rams horn at the bottom. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Yeah. So with my Indianapolis Colts they they look great. They just need a quarterback. But back to back ears our, our strong quarterback retires. Yeah. You know, either during I mean during any season, Andrew Luck and then Philip Rivers. Right. I know the Colts will not get Matt Stafford because obviously he's now heading to LA. I've
1: heard I've even uh, heard So,
0: it's either to Sean Watson, maybe Aaron Rodgers. But we do have the team. We have Jonathan Taylor at halfback. We still have T.Y. Hilton, a few wide receivers that have show promise. uh, Need a few key additions to our defense, uh, mostly in the line and secondary. But otherwise, with the right quarterback, Colts could be a Super Bowl contender. We have Frank Rake as our coach, and Carson Wentz will be looking for a winner. I'm worried we're going to end up getting Carson Wentz. Though, the only plus side to that is we do have the coach that made him. Not just Carson Wentz, but Nick Foles look great as well. So that could be, a you know, I'm 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 hesitantly optimistic, uh, you know, if Carson landed, Wentz uh, w- came to Indianapolis, Indianapolis. It's a you weird, know,
1: uh, it's it's one of those things that'll just be interesting to see. I don't know what's that?
0: Do we get I Nick Bosa with him? <laughs> Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that's what the time I was want. saying, do we get Nick Bosa with him? Bosa, Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> seven first-round draft picks. <laughs> they, they don't want to give up Watson cheap, so. I can see Watson on the Colts. Watson would make a great <laughs> – oh, he would be good yeah. on the Colts. That would be a good fit. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but he might get annoyed having so to hand the him. ball off. Yeah,
1: a it, lot it, a lot more. I guess we'll see. You know, I mean, I, it, it's all going to fall into place relatively quickly because, you know, somebody's going to have to make a move and I think I think there's going to be some movement before the draft and then you're going to see urgency as as the draft gets close and then it's I just can't wait. I I love seeing Philip Rivers in Indianapolis. I like that. I like the idea of somewhere somebody someone new not tom brady would have rather him retired than go and you know dominate the nfc but anybody else i'm more than happy to watch them continue their career do stuff (laughs) except for alex smith alex smith go ahead and and retire you have nothing left to prove but just an amazing human being
0: yes you got comeback player of the year i mean we 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 all have respect (laughs) for you now go retire please
1: yeah exactly
0: Oof, we don't want man. Joe Feisman flashbacks so this comes to my next question uh, I, I have I do believe I think a, a couple more questions uh, if you could pick any monster you know any uh, horror monster uh, But the monsters mm. can't have chainsaws or like any of that. Okay, you know, that's my, not allowed on the field. This is uh, a, I What think this position is would you put that them
1: to be raised more often on sports radio? And I think that I think that my favorite monster that would fit well into football would be the tight end. That would be maybe maybe a little bit slow, but sure handed and definitely the shoulders to block. And that would be Frankenstein. He's definitely built.
0: You mean Frankenstein's monster. that That's a. Uh... Oh, his name's not even. It's Frankenstein's monster. His name is not Frankenstein. It's Frankenstein's monster would
1: be the, the one that I would go with. So I don't know his name. <laughs> I, haven't wa- I, haven't, I haven't watched that film in many, many, many years. Oh, that's just his name? Frankenstein's monster?
0: No, no. he He's oh, okay, called see, Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein. He doesn't really he have a name. name. It's Frankenstein's monster.
1: Maybe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <clears throat> or you could but just could call him Frank, him and then have his middle name N, the big and then Just Stein. running
1: up, just running right up the middle, not having to worry about anything. You know, nobody's gonna like. He's just gonna be able to just pound through anybody. He's not. He doesn't have anything to worry about. So I, when I see guys like Kittle and I see you know guys like uh, Travis Kelsey and some of these these big you know tight ends, I, I could totally see the uh, those Frankensteinian tendencies.
0: I mean, yeah, he, well, he's great as long as he doesn't yeah, fall apart, every, you know. Someone could just pull a string and boom, 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 boom. <laughs> uh, I think that, that's a great choice, but I'm going to go with uh, a ghost. So. <laughs> just any ghost. Uh, make him running back. The the only problem is we just need to make sure that we hand the ball off and we know where exactly well, the, where the his hands will be. But but otherwise, you know, you could nobody can touch them him.
1: Patrick you know. eyes, <laughs> you could just see that. Oh wait, they're coming from everywhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, when you think about it. If the San Francisco 49ers or the Dallas Cowboys win the Super Bowl, you know, we better be prepared because that would make for Super Bowl titles. New England Patriots, six. Right, right. Pittsburgh Steelers, oh. six. And either yeah, 49ers or go. Cowboys, six. six. Six, six, six. The mark of the beast. So it's here we got to root for one of them to win one more <laughs> beforehand. <laughs> And I don't want to do that. Okay. Okay. I have two more questions, and these questions you are you are definitely going to enjoy. When you do become a famous stand-up comedian and the San Francisco 49ers when they win another big game, and if NFL Films is looking for someone to talk on NFL Films to talk about the 49ers 49ers season well, I think would you take I that would, gig why and what would I, you in a heartbeat, point out i
1: would take that gig i've always uh, enjoyed the um almost like the romance of football so i've always liked the way nfl does yeah particularly particularly like america's game the way they frame those, the frozen uh, tundra the way they frame like the um even though they're all different a football life and and some of those, um, I think that the being able to capture the like the emotion and all of that stuff through storytelling, which is really, they do, they do it through the storytelling even more than through the pictures and the video. Um, I think that that's a really special thing. And and I think the, um, you know, I have a ton of 49ers nostalgia. I mean, me and my brother were at the game when Terrell Owens caught the pass from uh, Steve Young against uh, against the Packers to move on um, to the uh, NFC was it the NFC Championship or no that I think it was in the Wildcard game so they moved on to the NFC uh, d- divisionary whatever playoff and uh, they ended up losing because Garrison Hurst broke his leg and all this stuff but they called it the catch too because it was like such an amazing thing Terrell had dropped so many passes the whole day but there were so many different storylines there you had terrell owens who's dropping passes and all of this stuff you had jerry rice who fumbled the ball in that final he in that in that final drive jerry had fumbled and because he's jerry rice it was called an incomplete when it was if you go back it actually was a fumble and there's just so many different things that were moving and so many different moving parts all the way from you know Ken Norton Jr kind of reconciling with his dad who was a great boxer who actually broke Muhammad Ali's jaw and like there's all these different things and and I think that to be able to help preserve that for future generations like my kids who love to hear those kind of stories they like to hear stories of Hacksaw Reynolds and Fred Dean and they like that kind of stuff I I think to be able to do something like that would just be really special. So, um, in a heartbeat, I'd love to be somebody who is, um, you know, lucky enough to be a part of, you know, preserving that history.
0: And also, one more question: If the San Francisco 49ers have a chance to no. trade with the Buccaneers, if possible. <laughs> trade Jimmy G and some draft picks, and first rounds and a second rounder or Tom Brady do you think they should do that why or why not Tom
1: Brady is liked in the Bay Area I think that the fact that he grew up a 49ers fan isn't lost on 49er fans but I think that the comparisons between him and Joe Montana are too uh they're too they're too great and I think that he's like a uh you know, he's like an open wound. Until he retires, he's going to be that thing that's just gnawing at you and you just want him to go away. And, uh, you know, I can't really speak for all 49ers fans. I know some fans say, hey, he's a Niner fan, so I'm rooting for him. But I don't see – I just don't – and I don't see Shanahan going in that direction. I don't think the 49ers are in a, a, a re you know, a reload. I think they're really actually trying to build something right now. So, I you know – I wouldn't be a fan of it. Obviously, I would still support. And uh, after seeing, you know, how well he played in the Super Bowl, obviously I'd have some – I'd be optimistic about it. But I I really – what I'd really like to see is Jimmy Garoppolo get healthy. I really think that the sky's the limit with this kid. I really think he's, you know, got a good head on his shoulders. I think he's very team-oriented. I think he loves his teammates. And I think he just – Excuse me. I think he's had a couple of of injuries that are really hard to recover from. And, um, you know, the, the, they talk about torque injuries where, you know, you just you're not able to torque. You're not able to move, twist and with that power that you had. And he's he doesn't have full mobility and he hasn't in maybe a year and a half. And who knows if he ever gets it back. And that's that's why as much as I'd love to see him come back, I'm also to the open open to the idea of them bringing in somebody else, you know. And so only time will tell if he, if he can recover. That'd be great.
0: Well, let's put it in a different mindset. Let's say that Tom Brady added one more thing to to it, and we'll see if you will see a whole different tune. What if he said, all I want to do is play with the San Francisco 49ers, not a whole season, but one game, <laughs> for, and for then I'll retire. I'll even retire, retire a year early. Would I, you would then be, take Tom Brady? I would Brady?
1: definitely be interested. I love that kind of – I love those kind of storylines. So, you know, yeah. I would even love the storyline of him coming to the team, I I think, but I, it's – I don't uh, – I can't – it's hard to say, man. That's a hard one. <laughs> Being not a Brady fan is, is a tough, tough place to be.
0: <laughs> I mean He wants It looks like he wants to do everything And And Tom Brady Like if you give him what he Pretty much What yeah, he kind of well, wanted he, the he whole never, time he to, uh, Maybe he'll just you know, go and was Like, was I'm he satisfied To
1: go to San Francisco And when, when the uh, When the Patriots reached out Shan, uh, I don't know if it was Shanahan Or who was they were dealing with they uh, they told him, they said, we're uh, you know, we're not interested in Brady. We, we want that backup. And Belichick was kind of in a position where he had to move on somebody because Brady didn't want to stick around with this guy breathing down his neck. And so uh, that's how the 49ers were able to, you know, pull the trigger and get Jimmy in the house.
0: Wow, that's really crazy. Well, well, I let have people know where they to, can uh, follow you on 20. social media, or if you have any uh, upcoming shows.
1: Those uh, tickets for that are available on giggleslive.com. We there's it's a safe social distancing um, outdoor show. Uh, we we sell tickets by the table, so um, there's full bar and uh, full you know restaurant service and all that there. So giggles. Live.com for that. And that's where you can reach out to me too. I think my email is on there. Also, uh, at XL comic on most social media platforms at XL comic. If I haven't posted there in a while, it's because I'm not there that often, but I will be back.
0: And people can follow me, Industry Horror Coffee cast on Instagram. And I even have one on the Facebook page as well. Thanks for having me on,
1: Nathan. I appreciate uh, it. And we should do it again really thanks soon. Thanks for
0: coming on. I do appreciate Tom. Let's do it.
1: Definitely, for sure. We'll talk. Uh, I'm talk starting even to even get to hockey
0: a little bit. So maybe when it gets to the Stanley Cup playoffs, <laughs> we can talk. <laughs> all right buddy all right thank you for coming on Tom. uh on tom i really do appreciate it And and that will do it for this episode of the industry horror coffin cast as we close the lid of this coffin of this industry horror coffin cast reminding all of you let all people stim and end the stigma Thank you all to all the industry horror hearers and casual listeners out there for listening to this episode of the Industry Horror Coffee Cast. I really do appreciate it. If you have any silk screen printing needs, stickers, or buttons, and plenty more, please contact com, or you can contact the website industryhorror.com. Screen printing with a conscious. Employing autistic adults and people with disabilities learning the trades of silk screen printing. And a whole lot more that way they could end up being independent individuals in society. Thank you all for listening. So long until next time. This episode of the Industry Horror Coffin Cast is brought to you by Industry Horror. Industry Horror is a 501c free nonprofit that helps out employ autistic, autistic adults and people with special needs in the trades of silk screen printing, making buttons, making stickers, folding clothes, washing screens, scraping ink off of screens. Unboxing, boxing, and many more trades at the warehouse. Also, cashiering, organizing, inventory, and even making designs for both from both employees of the warehouse and at the industry horror store as well. No matter how large or how small your business, we'll be happy to help you with your silkscreen printing needs. If you are interested, please contact IndustryHorror.com or IndustryHorror at gmail.com. You can also shop online at IndustryHorror.com or you can stop on by the store off of 518 East Main Street in downtown Ventura. Industry Horror, screen printing with a conscious. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Industry Horror Coffee Cast. I really do appreciate all all the industry horror hearers and casual listeners out there. I really do appreciate it. You all have a great rest of your day.